Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. After an exciting come-from-behind victory on Wednesday, the Thunder have secured a first-round playoff opponent in the Houston Rockets. Nick and I have all the information on that playoff series. Plus, we're talking about the rookie Darius Baisley showing out in Orlando. We got a lot to talk about. It's all right here in the Thunder Basketball Universe. For a record-breaking third time this week, we are bringing you the Thunder Basketball Universe. Nick, I mean, it's a record, but it's so worth it because we have a lot to talk about, especially that last game that the Thunder played against Miami. What a finish. Yeah, Muskie just <laughs> knocking down a couple threes in the final minute uh, to finish that game off. Uh, so exciting to see the Thunder make that 22-point comeback it really made me feel like we were back in the regular season, Paris. You know, we've had this up and down, up and down stretch in the seeding game so far. But, I mean, get down massive early, stage a ridiculous comeback in the second half. Uh, felt like old times. I mean, it was just a game of such dramatic runs. I mean, Miami started out, scored 42 in the first quarter. Then the Thunder came back, brought it within four points at halftime. And then the Thunder got down 20 points. And it wouldn't be a Thunder comeback if they didn't come back from 22 points in the fourth (laughs) quarter. So, yeah, a little reminiscent of what we're used to in the regular season. Yeah, the interesting part of this, though, was it wasn't the Thunder's three-point guard lineup. It wasn't Chris Paul with that veteran savvy kind of coming through in the clutch and making it all happen. It was the young guys. I mean, Darius Baisley was 16 fourth quarter points. Um, Clearly that clutch gene and the fact that the Thunder has been the best clutch team in the NBA this year, that's rubbed off on the younger guys. It's not just for the vets anymore. Oh, you know, they've been taking notes on the sideline and learning from Chris Paul and Shea, Danilo, and Dennis, just trying to figure out what they have to do in these late-game situations. And we've heard it a thousand times during this this bubble, is that the young guys and the role players on this team need opportunities like that to be able to learn and grow in these real game-time situations. So how valuable for them to be able to go through an actual late-game game-winning situation at the end of that fourth quarter. Yeah, every minute on the floor is precious right now, Paris, for everybody. I mean, the team has not necessarily had that continuity. So being able to get out there and just play and catch a rhythm is great consistency is going to be the biggest thing and that's that's kind of the what's in the head of everybody in Orlando right now is they're just trying to get their feet back under because they know the playoffs are right around the corner and the same is true for the Thunder who now only have one more game before moving into the first round of the playoffs but we did learn after the Thunder's win against Miami and the Rockets loss uh, against Indiana Indiana the Thunder secured a first round matchup against Houston but the standings could still fluctuate between four and five, depending on how the results play out on Friday. Correct. Okay, so let me break it down, Paris. The Thunder right. is, will be fourth or fifth no matter what. The Thunder owns the tiebreaker with Houston head-to-head. They own the tiebreaker with Utah head-to-head. But in the scenario of a three-way tie between those teams, which would mean a Utah win and a loss by OKC and Houston, Houston actually wins that three-way tie because they won their division. Mm -hmm. And the Thunder comes in second because they have the best record against the other two teams combined. So (laughs) if the Thunder wins, they they get fourth place no matter what. 
Okay, I just want to, yeah. in my head, I'm just picturing you at home, just like whiteboard full of permutations and calculations. Oh, I'm full on Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia, you know. <laughs> just the numbers going yeah. on the screen. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but it, it really does show the landscape of this Western Conference. I mean, that's just for that four, five, six seed. The race for the eighth spot right now is equally as enticing and fun to watch. So this has actually been really cool to see. And I know Chris Paul said after the game that he's excited as hell to be able to watch the games coming up. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, You know, you got Damian Lillard coming off of a 61 point game. You've got Memphis playing the best team in the league, Milwaukee, but Giannis Antetokounmpo won't play because he got suspended for headbutting Mo Wagner in a game that did not matter to either of those teams. So it's just the subplots are crazy. San Antonio is obviously playing. They're going to play Utah. Phoenix has Dallas. And we'll see who's in the, the, that play-in game over the weekend. Um, that will be fascinating. We may get one play-in game. We may get two. The big thing, though, Lynn and Nick, you talked about it, was – being able to have your full complement of players. The Thunder only has one more game against the Clippers. That's also the Clippers' last game. And so going into this playoff, this landscape here next week, both teams are really going to be looking for, A, keeping their players healthy and getting into a rhythm of some sort of rotation between their normal lineups. And for the Thunder, that's been kind of hard to come by because they've played without Dennis for so long. They were without Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, Shea, for, and Danilo for even a game. So this is actually going to be really interesting to see kind of what this last game looks like before going into the playoffs. Yeah, for a team that had actually like almost perfect continuity, every single player that was you know physically healthy before the bubble began was able to go into the bubble. Uh, you know, nobody tested positive for COVID. But then, as you mentioned, a bunch of guys miss games. And so it's been a great experience on one hand for some of the younger players to be thrust into these situations that they may be called upon to really produce in the playoffs and to build that confidence is really great. On the other hand, that chemistry, that on-court rhythm, they're going to really have to try to, to do that over practice time and this game against the Clippers on Friday to try to get some semblance of that rhythm heading into next week against the Rockets. And they might have to do it without Lou Dort. We don't know his status. And the Rockets might not have Russell Westbrook for the first couple games of that series. That's still you know, up in the air in terms of what his quad injury is. And when it comes to the Clippers, they're without Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, even Landry Shamit. So there's still a lot of figuring out to do. And the good news that you did talk about, Nick, is that these young guys have had these opportunities for the Thunder. So they can step in and they have all of this experience that, you know, they've gotten their feet under. And we've seen a lot from Darius Baisley just absolutely exploding here in Orlando. So that's encouraging that Coach Donovan knows that he can kind of go down in his roster if he needs to and really pull somebody out in, in, the, in a pinch right here going into the playoffs.
here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing, we already mentioned it, is that the Thunder has a first-round matchup in the playoffs, and it will be against the Houston Rockets. Like we said, the Thunder could fluctuate between four and five. So when it comes to the quote-unquote home court advantage, we're not sure where that will play out right now. That'll be determined on Friday, but we do know we'll be against the Rockets. Should be uh, an incredible first-round series. I think probably one of the most watched series in that first round. Going to be just really competitive. The, the guard play in that series is going to be fantastic. Thunder went 2-1 uh, in the season series against Houston. Lost the very first game very early in the year, uh, but then came back and won the next two, including a massive come-from-behind win uh, on MLK Day down in Houston. And we got to talk about the matchup at the OKC where the play that comes to mind immediately is the Chris Paul nutmeg to just to send the whole crowd up into an uproar. The team was wearing their city edition uniforms. It was Russ's return to the to Chesapeake Energy Arena for the first time. So just a really exciting matchup. Always a great matchup between these two teams. And like you said, Nick, that guard matchup between the two teams is going to be really fun to watch and a unique matchup for the Thunder in the sense that obviously the Rockets play five out and it's going to be a test, especially for the Thunder bigs like Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, to be able to help contain some of that. Yeah, to your point, Paris, the Thunder hasn't played this iteration of the Rockets the Robert Covington and no Clint Capella version of the Rockets. So um, it's going to be very fascinating to see how different this combination plays on the floor compared to the teams when they played against each other earlier in the season and what counters the Thunder is going to have. Will the Thunder stick with posting up Adams on James Harden or whoever's trying to guard him in the post, or will they go away from that? Uh, who will Nerlens Noel be able to stay in front of some of these guards and some of these wings. And can that be kind of a, a benefit to the Thunder to have him in some of those scenarios? So it could be really fascinating to see how all of those little mini battles within the battle play out. It is now time for Made You Look. And Darius Baisley, once again, making all of us look, raising all of our eyebrows, with an incredible 21.9 rebound performance in the Thunder's win over Miami. Nick, he had a massive game and just played a huge role for the Thunder in that fourth quarter. The Thunder was down 22 points with 10 minutes left to go in that fourth quarter and 16 points by the rookie. Help the Thunder come back. What doing it? Doing it in a variety of ways, hitting step back threes, attacking. I mean, he had the huge assist to Muscala on the game winner uh, on a on a great, perfectly designed inbounds play where he faked a, a handoff and then drove to the lane. Somehow kept his balance and didn't travel on that pass out to Muskie. I'm sure next time he might have wanted to deliver it a little bit crisper, but I mean, he was he was in the mix on everything. That last play, Nick, I'm glad you brought that up because it, he, he had already presented so much of a threat against Miami that he caused all five defenders to really turn their head and collapse in on him. And he kept his composure, like you said, and fired that pass out to Mike Muscala for the three. And that's why that play worked. Yeah, Muscala's defender actually helped over from the wrong spot in the floor because he was so worried about Baisley, and for good reason. He's only the second rookie in Thunder history, besides Russell Westbrook, to have three straight 20-point games. And 
when you're in that kind of company, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> you're not too shabby for the rookie. <laughs> It is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Chris Paul blessed all of our timelines by showing up to Wednesday's game, repping some Langston University gear. As we all know, he has been on an HBCU tour, really championing these historically black colleges and universities. And on Wednesday, he represented the only HBCU in Oklahoma Langston University. Yeah, Langston Lions, uh, about 40 minutes northeast of Chesapeake Energy Arena. Uh, one thing I got to say, Chris has made all of these outfits look so sharp. Like he looks like they, they're all like perfectly like manicured. The color schemes, right? He's got the color blocking going. It's excellent. You know, he's doing a really good job with that. Uh, and the shoes have been great. Uh, he's worn shoes for each of these HBCUs as well. Um, but we're obviously so proud that he was supporting Langston um, in such a public and forward-facing way. He said, actually, when he lived in Oklahoma City the first time around when he was with the, the New Orleans Hornets and they were here, that he went up to Langston quite a few times. Yeah, and he's a beautiful campus. And he actually gave a shout-out to some of the notable alumni, which I didn't even know came from Langston. Like Jennifer Hudson, I had no idea that she went to Langston. Also, Clara Looper, we all know her, uh, just an absolute icon in the Oklahoma community, just Really, really great for Chris Paul to bring that attention to the HBCUs. And Nick, we had Matra Jones on our podcast talking about Juneteenth, and she's the vice president at Langston University. And she said that, you know, having Chris Paul really champion HBCUs in this way helps bring to light and, and, and kind of dispel some of the, the myths that surround HBCUs that, you know, they might not be as good of schools or they don't have the same opportunities. That's just not true. And having a voice like Chris Paul really helps to promote all that HBCUs can really offer. Yeah, really highlighting black excellence and the excellence of those universities that uh, do a lot for giving people more opportunities. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.